one more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. I encourage you to go check it out. But, uh, we, you know, I gave the analogy Sunday about me sitting in Gateway Tire. And, you know, literally uh, where I was sitting, there was a screen on the left, screen on the right. The screen on the left had the CNN uh, news, and it was blaring all the propaganda and then on the right, the screen was playing the Andy Griffin show, and I talked about how neither one was relevant to me as much as I, you know, like, and there's no shot against Andy Griffin. Andy Griffin's good for some people. It's, it's not my cup of tea. It's not my, you know, it's not my, thank you, my mom's like, no. So, but it's not, you know, growing up when I watch the old school shows with mom, dad, or even granny, when I watch old school shows with granny, we watch stuff like In the Heat of the Night. You know, I like, now I can, I can sit down and watch them In the Heat. Of the night, you know. <laughs> That's what we watch, you know. We watch the real stuff, you know. And I remember one time uh, there used to be, Miss Michelle, you don't know this, but there used to be this, uh, it's still there, but it's a different version now. But there's, um, there's a gas station over on tw- where 22A and 22 meet. And when I was a kid, uh, there was another gas station on the other side of the tree line, and you could rent movies from there. If you didn't want to drive all the way into town to Lexington Video, which became Blockbuster, you could rent movies there. And Granny would take me as a little kid, and I'd rent the same movie every time, Three Ninjas, you know, something like that. And I remember one time, she's like, baby, we're going we gonna to watch, I want to show you what I, what I like. And I'm like, okay. And we watched, uh, we watched Shaft. And I remember sitting there, and I hear comes, oh, no. I was like, who's that? She said, that's a bad mother, shut your mouth. And I was like, what? You know, it was like, it was a whole new world. And I remember going to school, you know, the next day, and somebody said something, I was like, that's a bad mother, shut your mouth. And that's, the teacher's like, what'd you just say? <laughs> I said, that's a bad mother, shut your mouth. <laughs> and she's like, where did you hear that? So, but, you know, Gateway Tire, they weren't playing that. They were playing Andy Griffith, you know, looking for the stolen peanut butter jelly sandwich. But we talked about Sunday how neither one of those were relevant to me. But where I was sitting, I could see where we live, and that was relevant to me. And we posed the question about how, uh, what if we view Jesus as our home, the same way we view our home, how we're comfortable in it. As soon as you get home, you kick their shoes off. You know, when you get home, you're fighting to go back out because you're home. You're like, man, I won't get back out. All right, Lord, you know, I'm supposed to be fasting, so I'm fasting my comfortable time to go back into your presence at the church, you know, but you can't use that. But, you know, um, we talked about how, what if we saw Jesus as our home? And tonight we're just going to kind of continue that conversation or that thought pattern of seeing him as our source for everything. Because from your house, you do everything. You, you, you love, you live, you cry, you laugh, you rejoice, you stress, you de-stress, you, you, know, you clean up, you clutter, you organize, you, know, you do all these things, you wash, you clean, you rinse, repeat. You, know, you do all those things from your house. 
We raise kids from the house. We, we invite people over to the house. We, we entertain. We do all these things. What if we did it from Jesus or through Jesus? Amen. Because Jesus said in John 15 that he said his father is the vine dresser or the farmer, and he is the vine, and we are the branches. So that, meant, that means that we are meant to live our life through Jesus. Amen? Amen? It's through Jesus. So all your decisions need to be ran through him. Lindsay, does that mean I need him to pick out the type of color socks I'm supposed to wear? No, not saying that, but all the decisions, all like those ones that you're, you're, you're conflicted on or confused on, or, you know, the problematic areas. We've talked about that before, how the problematic areas should be leading us towards prayer. Not towards, not towards raising the blood pressure, but it should be leading us towards prayer. Amen? Amen. When things get tight, you got to get to your knees and pray. Amen. When things get confusing, you got to get to your knees and pray. When things get, when you get to that point where you're like, Lord, I don't know what to do. Yes, there's one thing you know to do, and that is to pray. Well, Lindsay, I don't know what the right words to say. That's okay. All you got to do is just lay out the situation. Lay it out before the Lord. Lord, this is what's going on. You know, I, um, we're, uh, we got, I have, won't go into too much detail, but I have one opportunity, and I'm like, I'm talking to the Lord about it this, you know, earlier today at work, and I'm just like, Lord, I don't want to do this one thing, but I feel like I might supposed to do this. But, Lord, you know why I don't want to do it? And I just begin to lay out all, all the reasons Lindsay don't want to do it. And then, and then I threw Kelsey under the cloud. You know, I won't say under the bus. We'll say under the cloud. But I said, Lord, and Kelsey wants me to da 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 And you know what, Lord, can you believe the mom tag team with her? It's like, I think that'd be a good da 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 I'm like, Lord, but nobody considers what I want. What do you think about that, Papa? And I'm, you know, just driving and working and all this other stuff. And I don't know what he said because I was just in my field. So I have to go back and check in with them later and see how that worked out. But there's nothing wrong with taking your problems before the Lord. Amen. I encourage you to do that. Tonight we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17 in the message. If you don't have it, it's all, it's all good. It's on the screen. If not, you can uh, follow along. But Paul says this. This is the Eugene Peterson uh, version. He's the one that uh, prescribed or subscribed or, or, or came up with the message translation. But it literally says this. This resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And there's more, and we'll get to the next part of the verse. But I just want to kind of break it down point by point. Paul says, he says, this resurrection life you've received from God. So that, what, that phrase alone means that you and I, we have been raised to new life in Christ. We, the Bible says that we were buried with him. And three days later, when he rose above the grave, he brought you with him. So therefore, your past is buried. A lot of times I have to remind myself that a lot of times living for Jesus, you're going to have to remind yourself, no, my past is buried. That's covered under the blood. Jesus washed away. We, we used to sing it as a kid. You know, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Okay, if it's washed, that means it's washed. That's a, that's a lesson we're trying to teach the boys because they'll do something, especially the middle one, he'll make a mistake, and then he'll dwell on it, or even Kellen will dwell on it. And I'll say, hey, no, that's the past. And we've talked about that so much. And now when I say, no, that's the past, they said, the past is the past. And I was like, that's right. The past is the past. We cannot change it. What's done is done, but what we can do is what keep going that's right keep going 
You got to remind yourself that. Okay, you know what? What's been what 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 Jesus put to death? It's it's done. It's finished. The reason the devil loves to bring it back up into you, into your memories, because he is doing everything he can to try to keep you in a neutral state. In a neutral state. Because see, a car or a truck or a van or any type of vehicle, when it's in neutral, it is relying on the ground that it's on. If the ground is level, then that car won't go. But if the, if the ground has any type of incline, either direction, that car finds that and gravity takes over. If you're in a neutral state, then guess what? That means that you're subject to the winds and waves of life. And if you're in a neutral state, then whatever current direction that society is going, you're going to find yourself drifting off in that. And newsflash, society is not drifting towards God. They are drifting away from God. That's why we have to be adamant. That's why we have to be proactive. That's why we have to be intentional. You know, one of the things I used to say as a youth pastor years ago, I used to say, you know, I don't want to live accidental. I want to live intentional. Following Jesus, it shouldn't be an accident. We shouldn't be accidentally stumbling into blessings. We shouldn't be accidentally stumbling into miracles. No, we should be intentionally praying the favor of God upon us, praying, praying down heaven into our situations, praying down heaven into our problems, praying away the confusion that tries to ensnare us, praying away every temptation that tries to ensnare us. Well, there, there should be no reason that we should not be intentionally living for Jesus. Amen. But Paul says this resurrection life you've received from God, which means that we've been we've been risen up with Jesus. But then he also says it's not timid or grave tending. So the life we live like or the life we live, we're not meant to live timid, scared. One of my favorite little songs we used to sing when I was a kid, and then it was a choir song, and I remember learning in Sunday school, and that little first room right there. But God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. He's given us spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear. No, no. Used to be in that choir loft, me and Brother Bobby, he's singing, and I was a little kid. I couldn't, I didn't have the deep voice, so I would cut, I would cut my hands on my, no, 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 no. You know, just all, all I had, you know, just screaming all I had, praying that, you know, the little hairs on my chest would pop so I could, I could match him, but I, it never happened. It never happened. But I love that. And even to this day, when I find myself fearful, that song will pop up in my head. And I know what it is. It's the Holy Spirit reminding me that, no, 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 God has not given you a spirit of fear. And Paul confirms that. He says that not only are we called to live in a new life, but we're called to live not scared. Somebody say not scared. Not scared. So he says not timid. We, uh, we're not supposed to live this life timid or grave tending. Now, grave tending. Grave tending. Someone who tends a grave, which means that they are focused on death and the maintenance of the grave. It's their primary focus. So in other words, we don't see our time here on earth like waiting in the lobby at a doctor's office until our name's called and then we really go get to party. No, no, no. Your time here on earth is meant for us to intentionally live to the fullest. We're not just waiting our time. We're not just biding our time after we've accepted Jesus. We're not just, okay, I'm just waiting for him to call. I'm just waiting for that trumpet sound. 
of just waiting for, you know, just waiting for the rapture. There was one this Christian comedian used to talk about how, you know, he, he lived in a cluttered filled apartment. And he said he was afraid that whenever the trumpet would blow, Jesus would come knocking on the door and say, you know, bone, it is I, Jesus. And it's like, Lord, you can't come in. I got too much clutter. You know, <laughs> you, you know, let me clean my house first. You know, but if we're living for Jesus, then guess what? The house should already be clean. Okay, so Lindsay, well, the, you don't understand. I got this, 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 this. And I heard a minister say earlier this week that we should be living. Well, uh, imagine this, because obviously Jesus will come back one day. But what do you want him to catch you doing? What do you want him to catch you doing? Do you want him to catch you trying to get everything together? Or do you want him to catch you doing what he's called you to do? And if we're doing what he's called us to do, then everything else is a byproduct. If I'm focused on making disciples, if I'm focused on not, uh, not, if I'm focused on resisting temptation, if I'm focused on praying, if I'm focused on reading the scriptures, if I'm focused on putting others first, then everything else will take care of themselves. Lindsay, how do you know that? Because he says, seek my kingdom first and everything else you need will be added to you. He said, put my kingdom first. Everything else will take care of itself. Put my kingdom first. God is not the type of God that he is going to ask you to serve him and not take care of you. If you don't get anything else tonight, understand this. God is not the type of God. He's not the type of father to ask you to serve him, to ask you to follow him with, with, uh, with a cheerful heart, with a joyful heart, and not take care of you. He's not going to leave you. Amen? Amen. He's not going to leave you high and dry. He's not going to do, you know, there's several times where, you know, the boys will be like, hey, daddy, did you, uh, did you do this or did you that? Did you put this in my lunchbox? Did you, da, da, da? I'm like, yeah. In fact, one time I, uh, I remember I put uh, in Kellen's lunchbox, I put white chocolate Oreos. See, white chocolate Oreos is my favorite, is one of my favorite snacks, especially around this time of the year. That's when the stores bring it back. But I only have one kid that likes it. I haven't tried it with Cohen because if I try it with Cohen, I won't have a box. It'll all be gone. But Kellen loves it. So one time on Fitz's lunch, you know, Kelsey was out of town. Fitz's lunch, I don't tell them what I did. I just, I knew, I know the things they like, and then I know the stuff that they really like. Like, I'm like, listen, Daddy's fits your lunch, so I want you to know that, I want you to know that Daddy fits your lunch. So the next day, you know, uh, when we finally get together, Daddy, I knew you fits my lunch. How do you know I fit your lunch, Kelly? Because you had the special snack. I said, I had the spe what was the special snack? He said, you know, the white chocolate Oreos. <laughs> That's what he did. I said, so you mean to tell me you knew that daddy was going to take care of you? Yeah. I said, that'll preach. Huh? I said, don't worry about it. You get it when you get older. <laughs> but your father in heaven, he talks about it for but he says, he, he, if, if, an er if a good earthly father will give his kids good gifts, how much more will our earthly father bless us with the things that we don't even mention all the time? Kellen didn't come up to me and say, hey, daddy, I want these white chocolate. Or No, his father knew the exact things that he liked. Your heavenly father, he knows the exact things that you like. And watch this. He knows the things that you need for tomorrow. Amen. He knows the things that you need for to make it through Christmas, to make it next year, to make it the next five years, to make it the next 20 years, to make it all the way until you make it to glory. He knows the exact type of things. Amen. And that should give us reassurance to not walk around scared. 
not walk around timid, not walk around just waiting for, you know, our name to be called like I gave that analogy. This time on earth is not you sitting in the doctor's office or sitting in the lobby of the doctor's office waiting for your name to be called and then we get to go on to glory. No. In fact, Paul says this. He says, this life, it's adventurously. We live it adventurously. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? I love this because, you know, Bethel, a few years ago, I don't know if you knew this, but Bethel, they produced a worship song, and literally the lyrics said, may we never lose our wonder, wide-eyed and mystified. Uh, Wide-eyed and mystified, may we be just like a child, staring at the beauty of our king. And literally the chorus says, you are beautiful in all your ways. But that's all the song is. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our childlike wonder. And you can, you can define childlike wonder in so many ways, but here's the most simplest way I can explain it. See, a child can eat a piece of chocolate and not wonder where it comes from. They just merely enjoy that it tastes delicious. When I gave Kellen those white chocolate Oreos, he didn't ask me, hey, Daddy, how do they make these white chocolate Oreos? When he was at school, when he was eating them, he wasn't wondering, oh, man, I wonder, I wonder how Daddy got these. No, that joker devoured them. <laughs> a child, when he's eating, when he or she's eating their favorite snack, they're not wondering, I wonder, I wonder what's the chemical makeup in this. I wonder, is there red dye number four? I wonder, is all these different things. I wonder, is this vegan? I wonder, is this organic? No, the child will merely enjoy what's put before him or her. A ch- watch this. A child needs no qualifiers to, appreci- to appreciate something. A child needs no qualifiers to appreciate something. Their awe of the world is natural. So if we're going to be following Jesus, we have to have a childlike faith. We have to have a childlike wonder to where we're not questioning God when he's moving in our life. We're not saying, okay, Lord, I thank you for moving, but, you know, we're, we're low-key waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're, we're low-key waiting for the blessing to run out, and then we've got to grind and do it all over again versus just looking at God and say, Lord, I know you will bless me. I know you did not bring me this far to leave me. Lord, I know you did not put me on this earth. I know you didn't put me in this town. I know you did not put me in this family. I know you did not put me at this church. I know you didn't put me at this job just for me to stress, just for me to grind, just for my blood pressure to be elevated every day, day in and day out. I know that you didn't give me these kids just for me to worry. I know you didn't give me this job just for me to to work myself to the bone, Lord. I know that you have a plan and a purpose, and Lord, I'm choosing to see that plan and purpose, and when I can't remember that plan and purpose. Holy Spirit, remind me of my purpose here on this earth. Remind me on my purpose in this town. Remind me on my purpose in this job. Remind me on my purpose in this family. Despite what the enemy has to say about me, Holy Spirit, you speak louder than every word of the enemy. Speak louder than my past. Speak louder than my insecurities. Speak louder than my credit score. Speak louder than my gas tank. Speak louder than my bank account. Speak louder than all the lack that I have in my life. Amen. It takes, it takes seeing Jesus like a child. I mean, better yet, Jesus said that whoever, can, whoever comes to him like a what? Child. And bless, bless my kids' hearts. The reason I use my kids, because I don't want to pick on anybody else's kids. I can, I can pick them on. But earlier when I, when I got to Montessori to get the older two, instantly they come up to me, hey, daddy, can we do this? Da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, bruh, like you ain't seen me since last night. You know the drill. I want a hug. 
And Kellen's like, well, I was coming to give you a hug, but while I was on the way, I thought I'd ask you. And I was like, so I was like, well, this is why I have multiple. You failed the test. I go find the middle one. Hey, Keita, daddy. I was like, you get everything. <laughs> everything I have is yours. <laughs> Kellen, you get another chance later. <laughs> you can try later. But, you know, that, that all that he had, he, you know, he wasn't, evidently he realized that I haven't seen you in so long, and he just wrapped his arms around me. That's what we're supposed to do with God. Even if you prayed to him earlier this morning, even like Lindsay Cast, okay, I, you know, I, I, I spent time with him this morning. Do I need to spend time with him? Yes. Not for him, but for you. God is not sitting up in heaven like, oh, fiending, fiending like a sugar addict. Oh, they, my children haven't spent time with me. I don't know what we're going to do, Michael. I don't know what we're going to do, Gabriel. I don't know. No, no, no. We spend time with him, not for him, but for us. Amen. Because, see, when my kids hang around me, they become more like me. Why? Because we have the same DNA. So when they're around their father, there's something that awakens within them. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. But ultimately, there's something that we can resonate with. You know, I have, I have a few friends that when I get around, Kelsey can always tell. Drea can always can tell. Sometimes mom can always tell when I get off the phone conversation with a certain individual. They're like, you've been talking to so-and-so. Man, don't worry about who I'm talking to. They're like, see that response right there. And then I have to be like, I have to blow Koto. So, okay, let's, 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 you know, you know, the sons of thunder versus I just need to be like the sons of God. But. I encourage you, we, we are supposed to be living our life adventurously with a childlike wonder, amen? amen? And that childlike wonder, it's natural. We should love, serve, follow, obey, and worship, and behold the, the Trinity with a childlike wonder. We should be appreciating God without any qualifiers. Amen. You know, there used to be a song they used to sing when I was a kid that, you know, if he, if he doesn't do another thing for me, he's done enough. And I remember being a kid, and we were seeing that, and I wouldn't sing it. I'd clap along because I'm like, oh, <laughs> Lord Jesus, you know, the new Power Rangers toy is out. Lord, I won't, I, you know, Christmas like five months away, Jesus, you know. Lord, please, please give Mom and Daddy the, 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 the joy to give that to me, you know. If not them, then Lord, put it on Grandpa's heart. You know, if not them, put it on Granny's heart. I mean, I was going down that list, and I'm like, I don't know how we can sing that. If he, if he never does another thing for me, he's done enough. As a kid, I'm like, no, there's so much more that we want. And a lot of times, you know, we laugh, but a lot of times we, we have that same kind of tendency in our heart where we're like, Lord, I, you know, I, I still need this and this. It's hard, for me to, it's hard for me to say that what you've done is enough when I still have all this going on. But if we can come to that place in our heart where we're like, you know what, God, if you never do another thing for me, what you've done, because watch this. You know, they, they uh, well, it was so cool. I was going to save this and show a video uh, in the future. Maybe I will. But scientists, they did this study. They did a study on the, on the physics of an object. Let's take a table, for example. They did a study on the physics of a table, and they broke it down all the way to the molecular level to where you cannot see it with the, with the most natural telescope, or not telescope, but the most natural microscope. They had to get something even bigger and even stronger. And when they broke it down, they broke it down all the way to the neutrons and all these different things. And literally, they saw these almost like waves, waves holding this wood together. 
And I remember telling mom about it, and she's like, and I was getting so excited, and she's like, okay, tell me what I'm missing. I was like, so they're saying that every object, even the chair that we're sitting on, the, the very materials, everything is held together by waves, like a frequency. And she said, okay, I'm missing it. I said, it's okay, mom, I'm bring it back. I'm gonna preach it to your mother. <laughs> tell, talk to your neighbor. She said, I don't need all that. I said, I know, I just wanna do it. I said, but it's, it's held together by sound frequencies. And she said, okay, well, what am I missing? Well, see, in the beginning, Genesis says that in the beginning, God spoke and the world came to form. What do you speak when you speak? It is a frequency. It is a sound. So scientists, without realizing that they were proving the existence of God, they see that every object, when you break it down to the, to the level to where the eye cannot see, it's held together by the sound frequencies. And guess what? That was plus 2,000 years ago, plus 6,000 years ago, and still the world is being held together by something that he spoke eons ago. So what has he already spoken over your life? If he's never, if he never does another thing, guess what? What he's already done, it is still continuing. And it will continue all the way until we go into glory. If he never does another thing for you, what he's already done, it, it doesn't end. It has an end. The sun is still rising. The moon is still setting. The stars, the Bible says that he hangs the stars up in the sky. And he knows them by name. He, he hangs everything. In fact, the Bible says that he knows the, the, the amount of sand that it is on the earth. And still, guess what? He is consumed with us. Consumed with us. The Bible says that literally you can take a bucket. You can try this at home. You can take a paint bucket and you get, you get a water bottle, pull out a little baby dropper, you know, get a little thing. And then you got to measure just right and drop one little drop of water into this bucket. The Bible says that that bucket represents his hand. And the drop is the earth. The earth is like a drop in his hand. What weighs us down is nothing for him. What weighs you down in your life, it's nothing for him. What the devil loves to make it feel like it's so overwhelming and we're never going to overcome this thing or this situation or we're never going to get out of this. When we give it to God, God is like, hey, this is what it's really, this is what it really looks like. It may feel like a mountain to you, but what feels like a mountain to you is like a drop in my hand. The earth is like a drop in the palm of God. The God that we serve, the same God that rose us back to life, the same God that says that we are to live this life, not timid, not tending to the grave, but live it adventurously with childlike wonder. Amen. Amen. I love this next part. It says God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. Amen. Amen. He confirms who we really are. So so we you know, we'll talk about that more this upcoming Sunday. But just to, just to, without spoiling it too much, real recognizes real. You ever heard that statement before? Real recognizes real. And I love this because Paul says that God's spirit touches our spirit. And when his spirit touches our spirit, it confirms who we've always been. See, the realness of your existence can only be identified with the realness of God. The realness of your existence, the realness of your purpose, the realness of why you are here, it can only be identified, ignited, or awakened within you through the realness of the king of the cosmos. The realness of who you are can only be awakened and identified with the realness of our God. Amen? Amen. So I love this. The rest of the verse talks about how our inheritance is so good it's unbelievable. And we go through exactly what Christ went through. I'm going to go to the next 
next part of this in, mess, in Romans chapter 8, verse 15 through 17, in Eugene Peterson's translation, says this, and we know who we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. Amen? Amen. So I don't know if you've ever been to Disney World or if you've ever been to any type of vacation. Or I remember growing up as a kid, they had Celebration Station in the outskirts of Memphis. You know, uh, as an adult, I've driven to Memphis. And I, you can actually see where the Celebration Station building is. And, you know, last time I drove to Memphis, drove by it, I was like, oh, man, that's Celebration Station. And all these memories flood back. But then I had an eye-open experience. I look around Celebration Station. I was like, man, this ain't a little sketchy kind of neighborhood. It's like, oh, this, ooh. Mom and Daddy brought me here a couple of times. Ooh. Daddy didn't have a carry permit or nothing. Oh, bless. He was walking in faith. I would never bring Yellen and Keener to go over here. And then, you know, turn out we tend to the Memphis Zoo, which is in the middle of, uh, of the Mecca. And I'm just like, you know, the boy's like, yeah. And I'm like, get home my hand right now. I said, I, said, you, I said, you recognize where we are? We in Memphis, man. You hold daddy's hand, man. <laughs> like, this ain't no joke, you know. They're over, they're in love with all the animals, and I'm like trying to, I'm king of, no, we, no, we, no, no, you stay close. But, you know, those, those destinations, or even Disney trip, or Disney World, I remember when we was a kid, Disney World sent like a, you know, they would send out the VHS tapes to entice people to come. And I remember we had, we got one every like four or five years, and we'd watch it, and I just dreamed like one day that's going to be us, it'd be so cool. And, you know, they always show in the videos, they would always show the parts, all the rides, the, the tram, the, the live action Disney characters. And you, and, you know, if you go on the social media pages now, you see all those different things, all the food and all these other things. But as an adult, I get to see it a little bit different. And, you know, the, the, there's a few things that they don't talk about in those promos. You know, one thing they don't talk about, they don't talk about the, the, the amount of money you spend in the gas tank just to get there. They don't, they don't talk about if you, if you don't live in Florida, how you have to pay more than if you do live in Florida. They don't, they don't talk about that in the promo video. They don't talk about if you gotta, if you got to drive a certain way, then rent another hotel to stay in it before you get to the hotel, the destination hotel. They don't talk about if that hotel is going to be sketchy or not. They don't talk about the price of the food. Good Lord, there was this one family. They did a video documentary. And they spent, I think, in a matter, <laughs> I think, in a matter of three days, they spent fifteen hundred dollars. And I remember when I was watching that, I dropped my phone. I was like, "Whoo, Jesus, that ain't me." But I'm nervous. <laughs> I said, "Oh, Jesus, whoo." Kel's like, "What's wrong?" I said, "Watch this." And she's, "Ooh." I said, "Yeah, you feel it, don't you?" <laughs> I, said, I said, "I feel like we need to pray for them." <laughs> But in the Disney promo video, they don't talk about dropping $1,500 on a three-day meal. They don't talk about the expensive breakfast and lunch and dinner. You know, they don't talk about the prices of that. They don't talk about how long it takes to get to a ride. They just show you the rides, but they don't talk about waiting hours upon hours. They don't talk about how in Florida, I don't know if you knew this, but in Florida, from 2 to 4.45, it rains every day. Rains every day. I, mean, I, I kid you not. It right, it'd be sunny, you doing whatever you gotta do, and about towards the afternoon, you see the clouds come out of nowhere, come all the way from Egypt, and just <laughs> everything's blowing. If you wash your car, you shouldn't have washed it. You should have waited until nighttime. 
they don't talk about all these things and how you have to get off the ride because it's, you know, it could potentially turn into a hurricane. They don't talk about all the bad things. They just show you all the good things, all the, hey, do this, do this, come do this, come be a part of us. You know, and, you know, what we just read, Paul does the opposite. He says that if you're going to follow Christ, we go through exactly what Christ goes through. And, you know, it's easy to think about how he sits in heaven and he reigns and rules the earth. Yeah, we're going to reign in Christ. You are my champion. That's right. Yeah, we're champions. But we don't think about what it took for him to get there. You know, we read it in Philippians chapter 2 Sunday, but we said that God, we said that Jesus, who was like God, who, who didn't consider himself to be, uh, to be uh, more than God, but he humbled himself as a servant, even to the point of death. And Paul said that if we're going to follow Jesus, we go through exactly what he goes through. That means there is a spirit, there is a, there is a, a, a mortifying of your flesh, like we said Sunday. There are some things that are part of your flesh that have to die if you're going to follow Jesus. There's some desires, there's some selfishness that's going to have to go be nailed to the cross and you, not, uh, you resist the temptation to pull it off the cross and try to save it and patch it up. If you're going to follow Jesus, there's some desires that you have to put upon the altar and say, okay, Lord. Because, see, the way they test gold is gold is ran through heat and fire. And if it, if it lasts the fiery oven, then it's real gold. But if it melts away... You know, oh, that, that wasn't real gold. That was fool's gold. You know, jewelry, if it's real gold, then when you can wear it in 100-degree weather, and your skin's still going to be the same. But if it's that fake stuff, you're going to pull it off. It's going to have a green line, blue line, red line, purple, everything but the gold line is what you're going to have. And if we're going to follow Jesus, that means that we're, there's some things that you're going to have to willingly put down on the altar and say, okay, Lord, if this, if this is of you, Run it through the fire. There's a worship song that, you know, me and Kelsey don't like to sing. Y'all have heard me talk about it before. But literally the line says, you know, Lord, I want to be tried by fire, purified. Lord, take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my heart. I, you know, to, you know, if we're in the flesh, it's like, well, Lord, I, 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 Lord, I, don't, I, I can't say that because I, I got all this stuff going on. But if we're committed to Jesus, then we should not be afraid of the result that we get with him. If we are committed to Jesus, we should not be afraid of the results that we get to him. Listen, David, of all people, David was not afraid of the results that he got. I mean, the Bible says literally he wrote to God. He said, Lord, here's my heart. Search, investigate my heart. See if there's any wicked way within me. Why, Lord, get, and if there is, Lord, give me the fear of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you. I've never, uh, I've never desired somebody else's wife and then arranged for that wife's husband to go to the front line of the army to be killed. If I did that, I would not be able to sleep at night, let alone be like, uh, Jesus, you know. It'd be very hard to approach God in prayer. But still, the Bible says that David was known as a man after God's own heart. He was known as a friend of God. The fact that he did all that and still had the, had the humbleness to say, Lord, if there's any wicked way within me. And this is why I couldn't be God. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you, you, you're right. There's wickedness in you. Let me tell you what you did. But no, God being the loving father investigated his heart and presented to him through a prophet, showed him what was going on in his heart. 
And David, literally his response throughout the rest of his life is, Lord, Lord, you can, have the, you can have the kingdom, you can have the gold, you can have the money, you can have the horses, you can have the chariots, Lord, you can have all these different things. But Lord, the one thing I got to have, don't take your spirit away from me. Don't take your spirit away from me. Because he realized that, guess what, all of that. It wouldn't last in the fire, but the one thing that lasts in the fire is the Spirit of God, the presence of God. The same Spirit that we read earlier has risen you back to life. So when we say, Lord, search me and find everything that's not of you, we're saying, Lord, if it doesn't bear with your Spirit, remove it. If he doesn't bear with your Spirit, remove it. If she doesn't bear with your Spirit, remove it. Lord, if this job or if this opportunity or if these things and this and that and that, Lord, if they don't bear with your Spirit, then remove it it. That's become one of the prayers for our kids, for me, Lord, Lord, as the boys grow popular, and it's nice to see that they're getting friends, but me as the, as their father, I'm like, Lord, if this friend doesn't bear with your spirit, remove them. You know, Halloween was a good, was a good uh, eye opener for us, you know, because they had several other friends. It was nice to be, people come through, hey, you're Kellen's dad, like, yeah, hey, you, are you, you Keenan's dad? Hey, that's, mommy, that's baby Coco's dad. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but when I'm seeing, you know, some of the stuff that they're dressed up in, I'm like, how do you know my kid? I'm like, uh, hey, 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 Kellen, you know what, so-and-so, yeah, I'm like, you friends with them? Uh, I said, okay, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, I mean, like, treat them like Jesus would, but I ain't saying you got to, you know, go out to the bowling alley or anything with them, because, uh, whoo, that, that, that fake blood stuff, ooh, it got daddy. Like, I remember sticking my hand to put, give candy to one kid, and he had the, the fake blood and had it to where it, shoot, it would shoot out. And here I go, hey, hey, what? <laughs> there you go. All right, you have a good night. All right. <laughs> Kelsey's like, you okay? I said, you see that? <laughs> uh-uh. They said they know Kellen. We're going to talk to him about that. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, hey, you know. Don't, don't be influenced by them. You just be led by the Lord, okay? We, you know. Yeah, yeah, you just hang out here with Micah and Mikkel. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, can we go out? Uh, Micah, I wouldn't do that. You know, I, I know I'm not your mom. I'm trying to keep you safe. Like, you know, they scaring me out there. You just, you hang out here, buddy. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, you know, if I get in trouble with your mom, I'll deal with that. But I'm, if I'm scared, I don't want you scared. Like, let me, let me, come on. Here you go, bro. Just, here, here's the extra candy. Don't tell her. We good. Like, <laughs> You know, but we have to we have to literally investigate even the things that we allow to influence us. There's certain songs that I remember, you know, one of the trends I remember listening as I, when I was in high school and elementary school. There were certain songs that I didn't realize what they were saying. And I'd just be singing, bumping. I remember one time, I promise I'll close soon, but I remember one time listening to this band. And uh, uh, it, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it was on a it was on a Saturday on Saturday and we had a service here. I was kindergarten, maybe first grade, and I remember singing the song, singing the chorus of it because there was an infomercial playing on the TV. While I'm in my room putting on my white dress shirt and my black slats, I think mom's in her room supposed to be getting ready. I don't know why she's listening to me. Like she's got her own stuff she be listening to. And I start singing it, you know, I like it, I love it, I want some more. And mama come out of nowhere, you don't like nothing but Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> you hear me nothing but the blood of Jesus. You desire holiness. And they proceed to pray for me. And I'm like. <laughs> 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 I 
And if it wasn't bad enough, I remember at the little pep rally the next day at the school at Kaywood, they played that because it was one of the popular songs and everybody singing it. I'm just like, <laughs> it was one of those where you're supposed to participate and you know, whoever had the most participation, I'm like, yeah, I guess I ain't getting the prize. Because <laughs> my mom was gonna come out of nowhere and pray on me again. I'm <laughs> But now that I'm older, you know, I remember that song came on. It was like a throwback station. I was like, oh, I remember the song that I'm listening to. And I'm like, oh, oh, you know, there's been certain songs I listened to in high school, you know, by very popular artists and listen to them now. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I was like, Lord, you was in heaven while I was singing that ratchet. St oh, God, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you had to listen to that. You know that one, my heart. Thank you. It's covered on the blood, you know. But now I'm like, all right, Lord, so now i got to make sure I pay attention to the boy stuff. But we had to take everything that influenced us. And I'm not saying you got to be super strict and super like holiness, skirt wearing, beehive and all that. No, what I'm saying is whatever influences you, put it to the test of the fire. Put it to the test and say, literally, okay, God, if this, and, and listen, your flesh is going to get hurt when you do that. Because there's, there's still some shows that my flesh loves, you know, because I can't go out and do it, but we live vicariously through the characters we see on TV. Amen. You know, I can't go race a car, you know, down a quarter mile, but, you know, I can watch Vin Diesel race it all the way to the moon and back, you know. But, you know, the problem is when we, when we, when we place those things before God, it's got to be it's got to be a healthy balance of, OK, Lord, I, 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 I like these type of things. But, Lord, if if it if it if it, if there's wickedness in it, if it leads me or influences me to to watch a stand on my own two feet instead of standing upon the cross, then, Lord, you, you got to do what you need to do to remove it. Lord, if this influences me to make it happen all by myself, then remove it from me. Amen. Remove it from me. Well, I love it because Paul also said, if we go through the hard times with him, well, certainly, you know what that word certainly means? Guaranteed. So he said, if you and I, if we go through the hard times, then we will certainly, we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. Amen. Amen. I.e., that means things will get better. Amen? Amen. That means things will get better. Somebody say things will get better. They will get so much better. Amen. I fully believe it. And that's the great thing about God. That is the great thing about our God. That even when it feels like, okay, Lord, I'm, Lord, I'm trying to sacrifice this for you. I'm trying to, I'm, like Pastor Lee said, I'm trying to mortify the deeds of my flesh. Why? Because I want, to, I, I, I want to make sure that the type of fruit, I want to make sure that there's no thorns in the soil so the fruit that you're trying to produce, it, it can come up the right type of way. I want to make sure that there's no pesticides or no insects or anything like that that will, that will gnaw at the fruit. I want to make sure that, that this ground right here, it's the right type of ground versus, you know, the seed falling to the wayside. And we do that by, by mortifying the deeds of our flesh, by investigating our heart, by inviting the Lord to do the work of the farmer. I've said it before, but we are the only seeds. You never drive by, you never drive by a, a, a field and see the, the, the corn fighting each other. You don't see the turnip greens fighting each other. You don't see the spud. If you were to put a, a stethoscope or a microscope under the ground uh, and, and look and see, you don't see the spuds fighting other spuds, you know. I'm going to be the main spot. You don't see all that. But for some reason, we are the only seeds that God has planted 
that we will fight the farmer. We will fight. Lord, 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 I know, I'm, Lord, I know you want to use me, but right, you know, can we, can we wait till next year? Right now I got some things I want to see done. You know, I, I got convicted because I heard a minister, he was talking about, you know, when Jesus returns and, and being caught, and I've talked about this before, but being caught, being obedient. I, I, we, we should desire that, you know, he catches us being obedient. But I got, I got convicted because, you know, the pastor talked about, you know, he said many people was asked him, like, you know, uh, or, you know, which would you rather have? Would you rather see your daughter grow up and be married or Jesus to come back? And they named all these different things, your daughter graduate, your kids graduate, uh, so-and-so get married, all these different things that seem right. And the pastor said, no, I want Jesus to come back now. And they were like, yeah, well, that, that's so insensitive. What about, you know, so-and-so and, and all these different things? And what about world peace and all, and all these different things? And he's like, you don't understand. There is nothing that compares to being with our God. He said there's nothing that compares face-to-face with him. Yes, and, and I got convicted because I was like, Lord, you know, I've always, I have the desire to see the boys grow up. I have the desire to see Shadra married and Miranda married. And I have the desire to see Drea do whatever Drea does for the Lord. I have the desire to see all these different things. I have a desire to see all of y'all flourish, everybody in this room. And even with the boys, I'm like, Lord, Lord, I, 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 I can't wait to see the boys get older. I can't, wait to, I can't wait for them to pay for their raising, Lord. I can't wait for all these different things. I tell them all the time, I was like, listen, I was like, God loves me, all right? He loves me so much that you're going to get what you're doing to me. <laughs> you're going to have some kids that are going to, you're going to run up and want a hug, and they're going to ask you for 50 million Legos and, and the new, all these Nintendo Switches, and by then it'll probably be Nintendo, Nintendo Flips or whatever they have by then. And your kids are going to ask for them, and you're going to want a hug, and they're going to want stuff. I said, it's coming back. <laughs> it is coming back to you. <laughs> I said, you know what I'm going to do? What, Daddy? I said, I'm going to sit there and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I desire to see my future. And we all desire to see our future. But can I tell you, your future is nothing without Jesus. And there's nothing that compares to -to face-to-face fellowship with him. So, yes, we all can desire our future and all the different things, but ultimately make sure that it does not over-prioritize being face-to-face with Jesus. It 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 doesn't compare. It's peanuts compared to, okay, Lord, I can't wait to be with you, whether it's tomorrow or 100 years from now. But Lord, whenever it is, let me be found. Let, 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 let me be found doing what you called me to do. Yes. One of my favorite quotes by Martin Luther King Jr. It's not a popular one, but he says that if God has called you to be a street sweeper, he said, don't look down on your title. He said, but sweep those streets as if all of heaven was watching. That way on that day, when you're called to glory, they say, here lies a man that was doing what God called him to do. Even in this, even in this, uh, even in this uh, medium of sweet streeping. Whatever, whatever you are doing on the daily, whether it's your, you know, the job that you work at, teaching children, influencing, shaping young minds is what I've heard my mother say. Whether it's uh, doing the water saw, whether it's reading meters, whether it's cleaning, whether it's fellowshipping and ministering at the senior center, whatever it is that you're doing, 
whether it's pumping gas, whether it's folding laundry, whether it's planning your wedding or planning your life or, or organizing your bills or structuring things, whatever it is, do it as if all of heaven is watching. Do it as if there is, as there is weight to it. Hey, I, I'm not just folding my clothes, but I, I'm preparing towels for all, of, for all of the household to be able to use so they, can, so they can leave our home clean representatives of Jesus. I, I, I'm, not just, I'm not just pumping gas, but I'm refueling this vehicle that if God says, hey, I need you to go over here, I have fuel in my vehicle, I can go and do what God says. I'm not just, I'm not just, you know, wiping snotty-nosed kids. No, I'm shaping the mindset in a world where everything is going backwards, where everybody says you can recreate your own gender and identity. No, I'm shaping the mindset to let them know that, hey, guess what? God made you this way, but not only did God make you this way, he's willing to follow you to the ends of the earth. When you think you're something else, he will still be by your side, loving you, protecting you, and keeping you safe, and waiting like the father in Luke 15, waiting to wrap his arms around you. What you do in this life, it matters. It matters so much. So much. And the devil, what the devil will try to do, he will try to confuse you and make you feel like, you know, it's just another Wednesday. It's tomorrow's another Thursday. I can't wait for Friday because then you can really let loose. No. Paul said we let loose now. Now we let loose for the glory of God. We let loose now. Can I tell you something real quick? I know. We're supposed to be closing. <laughs> but I feel it. When Jesus told the disciples, when he said that, on this rock I will build my church. And he said the gates of hell will not be able to stand against it. We don't realize it, but he put the gates of hell on the defensive side. See, two, two, two teams opposing each other, they can't play the same position. One's got to play offense and the other's playing defense. Oh, ho, ho. So if the devil is having to play defense, why is he having to play defense? Because we're on the offense. We don't stand trying to block and, oh, here he come. No, we have all the power. Why? Because we've been risen to new life. So if you've been risen to new life, you don't stand waiting to blot the blows of life, waiting to blot the blows of the enemy. No, the Holy Spirit raises a standard up and we charge. I've heard Ms. Zona say, you charge hell with the water pistol. Why? Because you are so full of faith. You are so believing that God and all of the armies, angels, armies in heaven, they have your back so much that guess what? No matter what life throws at you, it cannot stand against you. Amen. We are on the offense. 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 We dictate as we allow the, God, the will of God to flow through us. We dictate, dictate how we are going to respond to what the devil throws at us. We don't allow him to what he throws at us to, to, to dictate our life. No, we, we set the terms in agreement. We, we are on the offense. 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 Amen. Jesus claimed it all. He paid it all, as the song says. He paid it all. You are on the offense. So therefore, you don't let the world tell you how to parent your kids. You allow the word of God to show you how to, how to shape their minds for the glory of God. You don't allow the world to tell you how to structure your finances. You say, God, show me how to make my finances stretch even in times of lack. You don't allow the world to show you how to construct and plan and, pro and do all these. No, you say, Jesus, you are the first creator. Yeah. 
you were the very first creator before Adobe. You show me how to do this. Amen. Put your trust in him. Put your trust in him. Live adventurously. Live trusting him. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.